right? Because the only reason I could permit you being here and not seeing your face, and I'm going to keep it vague right now because the audience as of now does not know who our secret guest is. But if you come in with a face tattoo the next time you're on, it's going to be um, I hope that's pretty impactful. The case. It's going to yeah. be pretty impactful. So, Blake, I'll let you, you take it. Take it from here. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome or welcome back. It's Totally Biased Music. And guess the fuck what? I'm not, I, I'm not even saying it's your host. Blake and Anthony, because we, we have a very monumental guest, very monumental return. Christian is back. We back, Whoa. baby. So far back. back, it might have broken Blake's computer. <laughs> Hold on. It just we dropped get... off completely. <laughs> Blake, Blake got so excited to announce Christian is back. He literally glitched out. He's out of the studio. Oh, he's out, he had he's to out leave of the studio. Completely. He's gone. So Christian, welcome back, dude. Blake we will back, join baby. us shortly. Fucking yeah, great, I don't know what the fuck hear. just happened. The excitement overwhelmed the computer. We're back. We're going to do an amazing <laughs> album this week. Get Christian. into it with the boys. Cannot okay. wait. This happened, to me, this happened to me last <laughs> week, too. I don't know what the fuck is going on with my shitty-ass mic, man. Um, you got to simmer yeah, down. Yeah, Christian is, is back. And it's good because, you know, Anthony texted me when he decided to pick up the slack from my, my co-host leaving me. But he told me, he said, listen, I'll join. But the gay jokes and the dick do- jokes have to go down to a minimum. So <laughs> it's good to have Christian back because if Anthony leaves, then, you know, I got a backup and we'll, we'll, we're back at it, you know. So, we're Christian, back. how does it feel to be back, man? We missed you so much. Mm-hmm. It, there's something about this studio that just, you know, hopping into it, it, it's like getting into a warm hot tub when it's snowing outside, you know, oh, we're yeah. cracking one open virtually. It just feels good to be back with the gang. We got a ripper of a fucking album to talk about, an insanely influential one for me. So I'm, I'm fucking stoked, boys. Hell mm-hmm. yeah, it's good to have you back, man. I know that we we missed you, and I know that the audience missed you, so... Um, well, you picked The Fat of the Land by The Prodigy. So tell us why why this album. So this was a really pivotal album for me growing up in kind of broadening what I'd heard. I think so. I think this album came out in 1997. And, you know, I, I've given my dad a fair amount of props on this podcast, mm-hmm. but that motherfucker has a, a just absolutely insane taste in music. And up until probably 1997, it consisted of, you know, the classics. You got your Pearl Jams, your Sound Gardens, your Nirvanas. He was a big, you know, Chili Peppers guy. We big on Tool. But this was just something else. And the fact that my dad listened to this album and showed it to me, first off, just blew me away. And second, blew me away because... I'd never heard anything like this, this fucking breakbeat, fucking punk, fucking UK electronic, just out of left field, wild shit, front man, Keith Flint, madman. And my dad used to pull up videos for me and my brother of them performing live. And Keith Flint would wear his hair gelled into devil horns. And so my dad would get hair gel and he would gel mine and my brother's hair into devil horns and we would fucking run around the living room screaming the lyrics to smack my bitch up my mom wasn't home sorry mom <laughs> so, so this album has like a really special place in my heart and and then it just kind of started to trickle through it's always been consistent and then you know one track on it minefields it's a pivotal scene for me in the matrix which is a just insane movie so there's a lot to go into for this one. So, yeah. Very oh, fair. Yeah. I have to say, I I didn't know what I was getting into. Like, I didn't know. I, so you had sent, like, ages Diesel ago, Power. Diesel Power. Yeah. yeah. So, and mm-hmm. that's the only song I had heard. So I was like, you know what? Like, I, I was expecting an old school hip hop album, which is not what this is. It and is not. so it's like, as, as it slowly progressed, I was like, okay, I realize now what I'm listening to. Um, but it caught me off guard. And like you said, like, I don't, I don't think I've ever listened to any album that's like this, like breakbeat, 
weirdo like 90s electronic like 90s electronic music has like a very distinct sound to it right like it hasn't been hasn't been fleshed out and refined yet it's like kind of it's like grungy electronic music almost um that's like the best way i can i can describe it um so it was a it was a trip for me man this album was a trip and i it was kind of taking me all over the place at times you know like ups downs i was kind of confused at some points i was hype at other points so I'm excited to talk about it. I'm glad you brought it. It's nice to to broaden our horizons. And as Anthony has said multiple times, the whole point of the podcast is right. to broaden my horizons specifically <laughs> because so. Anthony doesn't think I'm cultured enough. Exactly. So we can yeah. go ahead and check uncultured that box uh, five minutes in, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anthony, what do you think? So I've I have heard of the Prodigy a lot. I've not listened to a lot of the Prodigy music or at least not knowingly, you know, you can dig back and it's going to be cool to talk about, you know, the different films that feature uh, music from this album specifically. But I had also le- heard of a lot of uh, remixes of The Prodigy um, through different producers and uh, live shows. And I think it just speaks so much, kind of like how uh, we've talked about in the past, you know, how people like Andy Wood and uh, Kid Cudi and these guys are, who are, who have influenced other musicians within the genre. And I think The Prodigy, really reach further out than any specific genre because you have film busts that love this music. You have uh, future musicians that would sample the prodigy in their sets. You have uh, bands that cover the prodigy, you know, in a live music format. So it's really interesting to see their outreach too. And uh, yeah, to go back to 97, dude, I had never listened to this album before, but uh, I'm glad to now, um, add it to the list of things that we've listened to and then we get to talk about so excited Fuck for this yeah. one very cool well christian fucking lead us off what do you got for top tracks my friend listen man um th- this because of where it sits in my heart there's i, th- I have just about every I'll, I'll talk through some of my favorite favorites the only song that and I don't mean to jump us right into bottom, but the one that I have on my bottom is Fuel My Fire. We can get to that. Everything else to me is in the top. That There's just, as far as the influence in their music, it is just that fucking grunge. It's just the attitude with it. Like you feel the attitude. You see Keith Flint. You see them perform on stage, the energy they bring. Like that 1990s UK fucking rave culture that is that was grunge like it was almost based off of pop punk culture that like rave culture i feel like came straight from that the attitude was the same so these songs just carry so much energy um i mean i think i got to start with it from the top like smack my bitch up because not only the song itself was just the first it's the first that i heard of the prodigy but it was one of the first music videos that I'd ever seen from a, like from that POV type perspective. And it might've been one of the first ones that was ever really done that way. I think that's something that they kind of like broke into the scene with doing the smack my bitch up video is like him getting up and it's this POV of him, like going through his whole day and getting fucked up and all this different stuff. And it's just this, this crazy kind of erratic point of view. So I think that one just sticks in my head the most. Um, my favorite as of probably recent is diesel power because it just has that fucking energy about it. Winston pack rewind diesel power. Mm-hmm. He just fucking goes in. I blast at the gym all the time. Then you got breathe fire starter classics and then minefields because it's just like, it's in that matrix, the first matrix club scene. And it, it just, that's when she, I think it's Trinity is telling Neo you know, I know what you've been looking for because I was looking for it too. And this Minefields track is playing in the background. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, so yeah, those are just like up in my top, but I don't really have anything in the bottom. Oh yeah, here's that video. Yeah, yes. this video is insane. I, I was about to look it up too, so I'm super glad you pulled it up, Blake, because yeah, he is getting fucked up. I mean, yeah. Apparently is, it was apparently the video was banned from MTV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the video was banned from MTV. So I just had to pull that up and, and show a brief clip of it so people Perfect. knew what we were talking about. Yeah. This is a yeah, it's a wild, wild track, no doubt. And now to picture young Christian and Karsten like just raging, you know, with their hair <laughs> spiked up, like that is fucking that's a sick ass memory. So what a yeah. what an awesome intro into the album. A hundred percent. Anthony, what about you? 
So, uh, so similar tracks, I got a couple, or at least definitely have one. Um, the number one track I have off the album is Minefields. It, it is <clears> such like for this being my first listen all the way through definitely has its moments. Uh, uh, and I think smack my bitch up. It, it creates a vibe and that's the, what I had thought it was going to stick to this kind of, you know, raw UK kind of fast paced vibe, but minefields did a 180 for me. Uh, it was such, it, it had like Eastern influence in it. And I was like, mm -hmm. wow, this is such a, such a left turn from where I thought this album was going to stay. And, uh, that really stuck with me. The second track, now I'm gonna try to pronounce this, Christian. You might want to help me, but I have uh, Narayan, maybe. Yeah, Narayan. Yeah, that one's it's up really there on chanty. Mine. It is very chanty. It's a gorgeous track. Yeah. So those two back to back really fucking set set a really nice mood for me. Um, and I think Narayan is a long ass track too. It might be like nine minutes or something. Yeah, nine oh five. Nine oh five. That yeah. one I really enjoyed it. Um, it was one of the more arc like narrative like tracks of the album. So that really stuck with me. And then um, number three, I have breathe, you know, breathe in itself is I can see how innovative they are with the, this music, you know, because I mean, back then, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a savant in nineties electronic music, but there wasn't a lot of stuff out there like this that people were putting out albums with. I think there's a lot of like video games that would use maybe excerpts from this type of music or, or shorter tracks within the context of a game or a soundtrack of a movie. But, yeah. uh, but breathe is really, I think impactful and it's another song that I've heard a remix of and the, the artists, I think it's number number N I N six remix of breathe is a fucking epic epic remix of that track and to see the original and then to see the potential of it and then see where it ultimately ends up in sets and all it's a fucking powerful song so that's it's one of those up. songs that like it, it creates that visceral response where you're almost paying attention to your breathing where it's like doom, 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 doom. Mm -hmm. like you're almost like gasping with the beat like in and out it's one of those that like creates a cool visceral response and, there, and it's instructive it's kind of like guided <laughs> it's a guided i, I don't want to say meditation because it is a whole different Angsty. thing yeah but yeah. it's like you know breathe with me and then you can't like not start to go in that in that tempo right uh, but I, that's why I love the remix of the track because it, it breaks it down in such a different manner that I'm like, God damn, this song right now is, is pretty special. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to check out that remix. Oh dude. Yeah. You probably, I mean, you probably heard it before. I mean, bass center would play it in his sets, but that's, that's oh, what exposed yeah, yeah. me to it. And to hear, like I said, to hear the evolution of that track, it, it's, uh, it's fucking powerful. Nice. Yeah. Um, so top for me, I'm with Christian smack my bitch up perfect intro track and like what a title man smack my bitch up you know <laughs> they changed it they changed it recently unfortunately because what? people like complained to such an extent that they changed the lyrics to change my pitch up shut really? the fuck up did they actually yeah. when yeah i swear like is that a um, uh, 2020 last, political yeah correct? within the last couple of years i think oh my god dude. Wow. okay well you know what <laughs> I'm yeah. calling it smack my bitch up because that's right. the name of the fucking track. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but it is like a good, it is like a good intro because like it's, there's not a ton of lyrical content in here and it's not like the, the whole album doesn't really have a ton of lyrical content to it. Right. It's yeah. more about the instrumentation and the electronics. And I kind of, like I said, like I, that's not what I expected going into it. So like it started off and like a bit into it, I'm like, all right, man, when's this guy going to start rapping? Like, what the fuck is going on, dude? <laughs> like, three minutes into it, I was like, word, guess he's not doing that. So nope. that kind of, it kind of set the tone for the album for me, which I liked. Yeah. Um, number two for me, obviously, um, Diesel Power. So it was the only song I had heard before. It's the only really, like, hip-hop-like song um, that I have or that's that's on the album um i do love like the womps throughout it and in diesel power anthony you can correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure i've heard diesel power in a bass nectar set at some point and i i could be wrong in that but that's what i thought that he had sampled before um well smack my bitch up so it has a sample from do it like or do it like this is sampled from smack my bitch up it's just a mm -hmm. very short like like this 
Oh, um, vocal sample, yeah. right? Which is crazy because back when I was younger, I remember watching Scary Movie 2. Scary Movie 2 features Smack My Bitch Up in the movie. And, nice. Uh, I was. I just remember geeking out because I recognized that sample. It's it's during the um. There's like a kung fu esque Kill Bill like scene in Scary Movie Two, and uh, it features Smack My Bitch Up. Nice. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just love like I I love this beat. Like it it fucking rides. It's such a head right. bobber. Great song. So I love Diesel Power. And then um, Minefields for me was the other Hell kind yeah. of the only one that was like even to me really resembled another type of hip-hop song like again that that lyrical content is very minimal on minefields as it is throughout the whole album but it kind of had that same that same feel and sound as as diesel power did for me and so that was those were kind of my tops but like i said man this this album took me all over the place dude i feel like (laughs) if i listen to it again now my opinions might change because now i know more of like what i'm getting into but upon like the first full listen of the album, that's that's kind of what stood out for me. So I think it's an absolute mindfuck too that like as that scene is playing out, minefields is playing where she's literally walking through these minefields of him trying to be like, I know what you're going through. You're searching for the matrix and the song called Minefields, like you're walking through all these like is playing. Yeah. I'm like, this is for fucking mindfuck. Mindfuck, right? yeah. Mindfuck well, like- in the minefield, man. Right. Well, and like it makes you think too. What what came first, the track, and then the idea to to create that scene based around that track, right, or vice versa? Because I, I imagine probably you know a soundtrack or, or a, a a track itself, like Minefields, can you can conjure up a scene just just from listening to it. Uh, yeah. Then you throw it in the Matrix world, and it's even even cooler. Exactly, right, Christian. You kind of spoiled it for us, but uh, let's go into bottom. I guess you only got you only got one, right? Yeah, it just fueled my fire. It just really bums me out. I think it's a really weak way to close out the album. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't really hit for me on it. It feels, it almost feels like they were like, we don't know how to close this out, and they just kind of tossed that on there. And it just it doesn't like culminate the album in the way that I wanted to. You kind of like what Anthony was saying through the first few tracks. Like you just have this this kind of heavy arc where they're like, okay, here's, here's how we're setting the tone for this. And then they drop it into a very different, like slower, more ethereal type feel with uh minefields. And what was it again? Narian, Narayan, however you pronounce it. We're going to make it up. Something. Narayan. <laughs> Narayan all over your face. Um, and then it's just like, I think it has this opportunity for the art to either build back up or, or kind of continue in that direction and it builds back up and then fuel my fire is just a, like a wet fart. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. That's yeah. It's just there. And it's just such a bummer because of what everything else was. So that's my yeah. only bottom track. Yeah. Um, Anthony. Yeah, I can, I can, I can definitely agree with that. You know, I have feel my fire on there uh, as one of my bottom threes. It, it just, yeah, it just seems like it's kind of thrown at the end, you know, when in reality, like climatize, I really like how that closes out. Um, but, uh, but whatever to Easter own 97, who knows? Yeah. I mean, maybe that was like a more, um, the video from smack my bitch up was more self-reflective than we know. Um, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I have on my bottom three, I have a serial thriller. I think mm-hmm. just the vocals in that, you know, it, it just kind of takes me out of the track. And that happens often with me and I can usually isolate it, but it's too much. I think it's too repetitive um, for yeah. me in that song. Same with Firestarter. You know, I like how Firestarter starts, but you know, I can only, I can only listen to him say that so many times before. It's <laughs> yeah, just kinda like, that's one of those ugh. for me that if it didn't have like such a nostalgia, like vibe right. for me and my brother just running around like, wow, I'm not Firestarter. <laughs> like <laughs> if it didn't have that for me, like it's a song I can't really listen to now. That was such mm-hmm. a good, good yeah. fucking reenactment. <laughs> Dude, that's real. He lived Nailed it. it. Christian, yeah. I lived literally, it, bro. Yeah. Literally, uh, and now a good thing he didn't turn out as pyro or have any major trauma with fire because, like, yeah, you could easily yeah. draw a straight line with uh, the track and and lighten some shit. You up. know, Christian was in his driveway, <laughs> just like pouring gas out on the driveway and lighting it on fire and just watching it burn, just yeah. staring at Car- it. Like. Carson's like, "Feel my fire." <laughs> 
<laughs> and your dad's like, diesel power, more diesel power. <laughs> oh god. Oh shit. All right, Blake, what do you got? Um, okay, so I had for the first one, I also had a serial thriller. I don't know, man. Like, what what's going on here? Like, what what is yeah. the like? What are these emo vibes? I, I'm getting like emo vibes from this. Like, it, and it's like it just it was jarring, dude. It was such a derailing like vibe change to the album. Like, with with everything that was coming before it, and like I, I don't know, man. It's the vocals for me. Like Anthony said, like the vocals just took me out of it, and it was it's not not what i expected and but like i said that's kind of how the whole album was for me but yeah not my thing and then um fuel my fire so this and anthony will love this reference this is like a song that should be in a safety brothers movie like there's oh, no shit. there's no, there's no like coherent direction to it it's anxiety inducing it's fucking chaotic it's like what like the Safety brothers would use like if if things weren't anxiety inducing enough, they would put fuel my fire over it just to add to like the distortion of like what the fuck is going on here. So it, it, so it's kind of like an it's kind of like an anxious wet fart is really <laughs> as Christian would say. It's just it's just like that. Um, and then my it's... last one. Sorry, it's what were you just, saying, Christian? It's just so bad. Every time we bring it up, it just makes me angry. And it just, the, I think the if the placement were different, it wouldn't make me so angry. If it was fucking thrown in the middle somewhere, yeah. it, it wouldn't make me so mad. But the fact that that's how they're like, all right, that's it. See you next time. You're like, yeah. oh, go fuck yourself. Um, so, okay, my last track, and I have to share my screen for this. My last track was Funky Shit, okay? And I mm-hmm. have to explain my reasoning behind this. So, yeah. The what what tab am I on? Is this going to share my audio? I need to share my audio. So I don't know if you guys have ever played this game. It's called Geometry Wars 2. Okay. And there was a game mode on it called Pacifism. And the music they played, which I'm about to play in a second, reminds me of funky shit. I literally wrote sounds like a Geometry Wars song. Okay. So listen to the music they played. Here. This yeah, shit rods. This rods. <laughs> so it sounded to me like a like all I could think about was Geo Wars, and I used to play this game religiously. With like John Kennedy and I, like used to just get sit around and get high and play Geometry Wars. And so when I fucking like heard this song, it's just instantly where it teleported me to. And so it just like fell out of place in in the album to me. Like it just felt like a video game song, felt like a, an old school, like eight bit video game song to me. And I don't know, that was my main takeaway. And it, it wasn't even <laughs> that I disliked it. It's like, that's all I could associate it with. And so that's all I thought about the entire time. So yeah, that sounds like it sounds very uh like Limp Biscuits kind of synthy. Like yeah. it's that kind of like synth they use on chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavor water. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. Not... That was like the phase at that time, I guess, you know. Yeah. Well, have you ever looked up those tracks from Geometry Wars and no, trying to have... do, yeah. dude, you might yeah. find out yeah, there's some a, legit fucking Who's producing these? Well, like, here's the thing. I mean, like, the prod, like I said, the prodigy is featured in a ton of video games, you know, yeah. from the 90s, right? Um, yeah. God, it I was... hope it's fucking Derek Vincent Smith. <laughs> no, man. Well, like, I mean, but, but you think of. Just to piss Trey off. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, Trey, if you're listening, come back and we got two on two. We go, we'll go, da- we'll go da- uh, dab for dab against uh, Derek versus whoever. We'll go for it. But, like, as far as like soundtrack music goes, the prodigy is before their time. Right. I mean, cause like they were putting out sounds and they were putting out um, rhythms and they were putting out different sequences of music that like in a whole album format, it's, it, it can be super challenging. I imagine to try to piece that together without any sort of framework or reference, you know, but it laid this, the stage for what's to come. You know, when you have guys like Tipper who you listen to his stuff from the early two thousands, from the fuel record days. And it is so, like this it's so like the prodigy in this in a sense where it's breakbeat and it's glitch and it's very fast tempo and it kind of stays at that tempo but then now 2024 when he's announcing his retirement you listen to the track he just put out on on soundcloud 
and it is you know ethereal it's magical it's fucking golden uh, but it's yeah. a, it's an evolution of a musician but i think it all starts somewhere and it starts in this kind of raw prodigy like like infancy right yeah, yeah. i gotta go find out who fucking produced these geometry, geometry. Wars geo wars tracks, tracks. yeah and while you're you. at it download geo wars too it's like three bucks it's the, it's the best time you'll ever waste dude <laughs> um i do want to say talking about um kind of like the prodigy and where they started um there's an album from uh or there's a review from independent co and they say Firestarter Firestarter's not welcome. How the prodigies, the fat of the land, fell out of favor. And it says raved about then, ignored now. Whatever happened to the band's incendiary nineteen ninety seven album? Ed Power revisits its multiple controversies to find out. And in the first uh, paragraph, he says the crab snapping in its claws on the cover of the prodigies, the fat of the land, can justifiably claim to be the most famous crustacean in pop. It also has become a slightly unfortunate metaphor for a record that raised a huge click clacking ruckus when it first came out but which has ultimately ended up a sideways shuffling oddity buried slightly in the sands of history. So it sounds like, obviously, I wasn't uh, old enough to to know how it was received upon its release, but it seems like it was very well received initially, but it, since then, as music, as you said, Anthony, as it's evolved and changed and things have come out, that it's it's kind of fallen by the wayside. So what do you... I don't know. I don't know how to really transition but it's like do you guys think this stood a test of time or do you think it deserves to be buried in in 1997 and locked in a vault i know christian's thoughts are probably the latter right i think it stood the test of time in a way that that we like to see not necessarily on a large scale but i think something that we enjoy seeing is for someone to know and dive into the prodigy is like someone knowing and diving into the freestylers. It's kind of an ode right. to looking back on how the music that you're into in one way or another has started. So I think, yes, I think it has kind of fallen by the wayside, but I think in a good way or in a way that I like, because yeah. it's one of those things that, you know, if I hear of a common, like rap sample, something that is from pop or mainstream rap or pop music in general, sampled out in, you know, producer that I love or something or something that even sounds similar, like a sample that sounds close, that might have been some sort of inspiration. It just doesn't have that same effect to where if if I see an artist or hear an artist like sample the freestylers or remix a freestylers track or prodigy, it, there's just something that's like a respect level that like, you're paying respect to this and you've done your research to dive in on how it was before you. Yeah, that's very fair. Yeah. And I feel the same way, you know, I mean, it's like, you have to recognize the context of when this music came out, you know, it's not, this isn't an album that is going to be like well received by everyone until the end of time, but it is an album that you can play for somebody in the future and say, look, all the music you're listening to now, it came from this kind of source right here and listen to the differences in it. And who knows what that inspires, you know, like that's, that's the beauty of music is that you can listen to it in so many different contexts and it can make you feel certain things. It can make you think certain things, or it can inspire you to create certain things. And that was, that was something, I mean, I listened to this album while I was painting the other day and that was like a really interesting experience because the way that I do it, it's very active and movement based. Right. But like, I was going to ask you guys, like, one, how did you listen to this album? And then two, afterwards, how would you recommend somebody else listen to this album? That's so a good like, question. Yeah. I So when I listen to it, like the majority of the albums we do, especially albums that I'm not familiar with, I listen to in my car because I like I enjoy this. Like I have a, a decent sound system in my car and I feel like I can kind of hear and feel things there versus if I listen to it, like I'm not, I don't want to listen to an album on AirPods for the first time. Like, I don't think it's enough for experiencing an album. So that's the first way that I did it. And to me, like that works for this type of music, right? Any, any sort of like electronic based music or any, any sort of hip hop production heavy type of music I want to listen to in my car. That's how I've listened to the majority of those albums. And so to me, like if you're going to experience it for the first time, especially if, if you have a good sound system in your car, do it there. If I mean, if you have a good sound system at home, 
let it rip. But like, I don't, I don't like experiencing that stuff on headphones for the first time, just because I don't think it encapsulates what, what that album should be, you know? And for Christian, it was probably different. If he was listening to it when he was a kid, it was probably right. on a fucking CD with like, who knows what kind <laughs> of speakers. Right. But now like, and that's kind of what's cool about music like this, right? Like people give artists and, and record labels shit for remastering shit, you know, like, ready to die has been remastered like three times i swear to god but it's like it is nice to hear those things kind of cleaned up and and touched up and you can hear things now that you wouldn't have heard when you're listening to those types of albums in 1997 or 1994 or five when when ready to die came out so that that was my experience at least what about you christian yeah i mean just because it's been in my rotation for so long i've listened to this album and probably every facet that you can imagine but it's always a go-to for me in in the gym um because it the majority of it is so high powered and even for the ones that aren't um with minefields it's just i'll i'll usually go through the heavy heavy hitters like in the gym just because it's so high energy and then as i'm kind of like getting into a more meditative chilling like getting the heart rate down like going into the sauna or doing some light cardio after then i'll go into those more tracks that are meditative um i personally think that if if somebody's gonna give this a run for their first time fucking windows down high energy yeah. fucking turn that bitch all the way up because it's what the majority of the album is right so uh, that's what i'd say yeah, I, I think the thing that the thing that we all have in common and, and we agree on is that like this is a very movement based album. You know, like this is not yeah. a you're not going to sit in your room in the dark and listen. You might. I mean, you might light a candle Shit. in the dark and listen to it, but like you you can't be still. I think it's impossible. Right? This picture like uh, coming down from a trip, like staring at the ceiling in the dark with the prodigy on in the background. Like, where the fuck am I, man? Now that could be a Safety Brothers movie, now, and we would watch yeah. it, right? Yeah. But like something that's funny too, I was kind of pulling up some of the um, the members of the Prodigy, and they got um, Keith Flint, Leroy Thornhill, and this person who goes by the name of sharky listed mm -hmm. as their their credit their first credit i should say because some of them have vocals and keyboards but their first credit is all dancer so like i have not looked up any live prodigy and i can't fucking Dude. wait to look it up after the fact because if their label is attributed as dancer and the way you described it christian it sounds like a freaking madhouse so i can't wait Dude, to just some like... of, yeah their fucking live videos are i mean fucking bonkers it, it feel it's like fucking woodstock 99 the bad one you know <laughs> wow. where shit's chaotic and fucking getting crazy so it's like very nice yeah um oh, so yeah. getting into rankings the only ranking i could find um pitch fuck gave it a 5.9 they did this review in 2018 it says each oh. Sunday Pitchfork takes an in-depth look at a significant album from the past and any record not in our archives is eligible. Today we revisit the prodigies testosterone fueled U.S. invasion with 1997's Fat of the Land. It's so Pitchfork. It's so Pitchfork to be like testosterone filled. Like it's too toxic masculinity. These fucking guys, man. Unbelievable. Christian, what do you got for rating out of Ted? It's a 9.5 for me. Holy. If it didn't, yeah, it's got the nostalgia factor. It's been, it's just been such a big part of my, like, just music journey as a whole that it's there for me. If Fuel My Fire wasn't on there, um, you know, we might be having a different conversation. But, but yeah, thanks, Prodigy. Appreciate that. You didn't fuel my fire with that song. <laughs> you fucking poured a gallon of water on my fire. <laughs> Anthony? Uh, so I'm giving this one a seven, you know, it was kind of difficult for me because the, the replay factor for me isn't as great as it is for you, Christian, but I yeah. see the, the impact that it made culturally. And I can see that the, or hear the innovation, you know, just within the music itself. Um, but I could do without the, the vocals on a lot. So that's what, that's what stops me uh, mm -hmm. from going any higher, but solid seven. I enjoyed it. Nice um so sorry christian i give it a six and let me say i wrote this i <laughs> wrote this review do, baby. that's what we're here to do i wrote this review before i read any of the other reviews which is weird now that i'm looking at it but 
I, I basically said that I feel like the album could be six tracks instead of 10. Like it started to drag on and get repetitive to me towards the end. Yeah. But the thing that I wrote at the end was it all starts to blend together. All starts to blend together for me. It was cool for the time period, but has lost its impact as time has gone on, which is I genuinely it's funny reading those reviews now because they, they kind of had the same same opinion. But I guess to Anthony's credit, what I what I have to consider is kind of the music that it inspired and and what it's what it's meant for that type of music moving forward which definitely like you can't you can't ignore that uh, but i just feel like now we've had so much so much like you said anthony like music like tipper and so much different like breakbeat scratchy type electronic up up beat dmbs type shit you know mm-hmm. since then that i feel like it's kind of lost its impact but i mean there's some there's some fucking great tracks on here and it's a it's a cool it's a cool concept and going into it blind was really interesting. Cause I was just taken for a fucking ride. Right. <laughs> I didn't know what the hell was, was going on. So, um, but yeah, that's, um, that's, that's the prodigy fat of the land. You guys got any final thoughts before we move the rise or dies? That's it. I think I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I'm excited to just fucking see it now with my eyes, see some of the crazy yeah, shit that was going on. You'll have down. to let me, you'll have to let me know. Cause it's one of those that was very much about like the culture of the show and the craziness of that. So I think okay. you'll see a lot of similarities with, with stuff that we got to see. Fuck yeah. Okay. All right, Christian intro us with your rides or dies. So, uh, my rides or dies is a song called hypermania by a band called Polaris. They're out of Australia. They're a metalcore band from Sydney um and look man i don't know what has been going on with me (laughs) but uh i've just been really getting into fucking some hardcore metal shit and don't get me wrong i'm really particular about it and this song just fucking blasts i think uh my buddy gage showed it to me and because he's a he's a fucking like progressive I don't even know what you want to call it, uh, like math rock guitarist. So he has his own band and he loves stuff like this and sent it over. But it just is fucking all gas, no breaks. It starts <laughs> off. It says, I got a bone to pick with fate because fortunes failed me as of late and thrown me in too deep. I've lost the plot from losing so much sleep. And it just goes on. There's one line where he just screams it and it then it goes into a little bit more like lighter it says uh so you'll miss me when i'm gone just to keep me hanging on till the bitter end and then it like pumps back up again in this cool little kind of break beat here we go again i've been up i've been up and down every day and it just yeah I fucking go run through a brick wall right now <laughs> boy god damn so, anthony thoughts on that good. All right, so here are my thoughts. When you, when oh, you say when oh, you God. say the lyrics like that, like how you just did, Christian, I'm on board. Yeah. I'm on board. Yeah. You know, I can understand you. I vibe sure. with it. You got rhythm in your voice. You know, that sweet baritone coming through is just getting me Damn straight, right? But the way that they delivered it, it's just too much, man. And like, yeah. I can handle. I mean, I had a friend send me a, a Bad Omens album this week, and I listened to it. I fucking oh, really I loved it. Also, Bad Omens too. Oof. Dude, all right, well, we'll bring. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm a that shit rips. Megan, if you're listening, we're bringing you on one day. So, uh, <laughs> but um, the idea being, like, I can get down with that music if if it if it delivers something and resonates with me. And like, I tr- I listen to this track, and I listen to it a couple times, and I'm like trying to figure out ways I can dive into it. And may, maybe I need to listen to this whole album because the second, the track that played right after was had a very different vibe from the get go. And I was like, yeah, all right. Yeah. So if there is some, I don't want to say musicality because I'm not trying to sound like a music snob, but like there, if there is like emotion in it that I can get on board with, then you got me right. But this track, uh, it dies on me. That's the only way I can put it. That's it what I was hoping me. for. I was hoping I'd come back and just get a, get a dies from somebody you at least. You got it. You got it. <laughs> Anthony's like, oh, don't worry. I got you fucking covered, brother. This yeah, song yeah. sucks. Dies. <laughs> um, I have to say, not what I... Christian, you've really... You've taken me for a mental and emotional ride this week, man. Not what I expected from you. <laughs> the Prodigy album is not what I expected. So I've kind of been all over the place, like, trying to pivot at certain points. 
um so it wasn't what i was expecting but yeah i mean fucking rides for me i the thing is, is i like there's there's some i have a playlist called um doesn't have a playlist playlist and it's just a <laughs> hodgepodge of random shit that I feel like doesn't belong on a different playlist. And I got into some sad fucking emo vibes recently and some screaming shit. I, I think I, I already got a song in mind to bring for the next Rides or Dies. But yeah, man, uh, I like shit like this sometimes, you know? I, I like to hear it. I like the, the screaming, the chaoticness of it. So yeah, it's a Rides for me, for sure. <laughs> fuck yeah, let's go. Anthony, what do you got? <laughs> All right, so my track... Uh... Dude, this one's really interesting because uh, there was a time, and I still get into this vibe pretty regularly, where if I'm doing something, I I'll usually will play like an ambient album or something, but uh, somebody turned me on to the lo-fi YouTube yeah, uh, channels, dude. right? So, like, dude, you can get so fucking lost in there, but it's so hard to, to nail down a track, at least for me, because cause I'll just get captivated by the music and then the next song will play and I'll, I'll totally forget at what point in that six hour video, uh, the track was. So this one kept reoccurring and I kept remembering it and being like, Oh my God, this track is fucking, I love this track. Right. Um, so at one point I finally like nailed down what it was. So it's a track called Aurora by a producer called brilliant and a couple other folks too. I don't know off the top of my head, but once I was able to kind of nail down this track and dig into that artist some more, I was like, man, he, he really hits a vibe and, and it resonates with me. So I was curious to see what you guys thought about it. Yeah. So I got to say, um, I don't know if you know this lo-fi. Uh, so it started off as lo-fi hip hop beats to study slash relax to, that was the name of it. And they have a, they have a Spotify playlist. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. So they put all the songs on a Spotify playlist and they refresh it daily. Um, but I, like for years for i think i i got turned on to it in 2020 but um i put this on i think this past year it was my third most played genre was lo-fi music because when okay. i wake up in the morning especially on my weekends i make coffee i put it on i'll fucking <laughs> jump on what it started as was i was i was playing chess a shit ton and Ooh. i can't listen to real music when i play chess because i have to focus not yeah. real music but I, like lyrics yeah i can't have like lyrics and shit so i would put it on and play chess for hours dude and so now even still i'll make coffee i'll either play chess or league of legends or world of warcraft or whatever and i just want music in the background that i i'm not focused on and so i put on lo-fi music um so huge rides for me i'm glad that Fuck, you yeah. listen to this type of music too because like it's so even when I'm around the house, man, like sun is shining. I'm downstairs, like sweeping or whatever. I put on lo-fi music and just like, I think it's perfect for just kind of doing shit, you know, and having music yeah. on in the background. So, yeah, it's good to read too. You know, I always yeah. struggle finding music to play while I'm reading because just same, same deal with you. Like I'll start to pay attention to the music more than the track or the activity or whatever I'm doing. But yeah, re reading and lo-fi music goes hand in hand. Yeah. Christian? Yeah, I mean, similar to to what y'all are saying. Uh, I, I, like, have time carved out through throughout my mornings where I journal and meditate and like to just, like, spend time for myself or read or whatever. And this is – I'm not sure if I would love this for that moment. I think I would love this for more, like, doing those things in the evening. It has yeah. a very lullaby-styled kind of vibe, kind of feel to it. And – it just it, it really does feel like a lullaby. It almost like rocks you. Like the song itself, just like you're. It, it's got that great vibe. The low fineness to it is awesome. So easy rides there. Easy yeah, rides. Yeah, yeah. I thought that I thought that Christian was gonna retaliate and like after yeah, we got too. done after we no. got done with our spiel, Christian just immediately was gonna be like dies. I thought he was set I thought he was setting it up even more. Like I was I was about to put a check by Christian and then I'm like, wait, I gotta make sure he, he clarifies that the shit rides. So You know what's funny is I don't know if, if... This is a world class song. So world class I never want to hear it no. again. I don't know if Trey still listens to the pod. He's not going to like that. I, that I'm bringing this up, but the first time Trey quit the pod, I had made fun of him during rides or dies. And then when it got to my song, he said, dies, no further comment. And then yeah. <laughs> immediate retaliation. <laughs> yeah. Just straight up fucking brought the ax down on me. Um, yeah. Okay. So my song I picked, um, Listen, I've been listening to a shit ton of Billy Strings, a.k.a. Bobby Strangles, a.k.a. Billy Fly, the strings guy. 
as I like to call them. And I picked Cabin Song by Billy Strings, which is a song for the new Hunger Games movie, which I didn't watch. And I didn't know that. It's but great. I've been listening to a shit ton of Billy Strings. I love him. His Theo Vaughn podcast was so enlightening. I don't know if you listen to it or not, Anthony. You would fucking love it. But he's just like, he seems like a great dude. And his, that dude can play the fuck out of a guitar, man. Like that dude is a straight ripper. So, And I've just been really like listening to to a ton of bluegrass music in general recently. So, um, yeah. What'd you guys think, Anthony? All right. So here's my thing about bluegrass. Uh, here we go. Respect the genre. Respect the genre. All right. Respect the genre big time. I respect Billy strings big time, you know, and I'm going to bring it back to Trey. We're talking about Trey. Trey sent me a link to the nugs, um, to nugs the other night while he was playing in Nashville. And I so regret not tuning in because I looked at the set list after and homie played, um nirvana uh something in the way homie played uh crown of thorns by mother love bone andy wood from the temple nice. of the dog podcast he was Damn. just throwing he played elderly woman behind a counter in a small town i've got the name right which is the pearl jam track played that in the same set so i have so much respect for him and i and i see artists like tool bringing him on stage so big big fan of him as a person now i've never seen that him live. being said i've never seen him live and this is my thing with bluegrass i think it's meant to be experienced live with a shit ton of people moving around you know and like that's something that when i'm in the moment when i see uh, a bluegrass show you know string cheese or uh sickard hollow or really the only few bluegrass events that i've been to or bands that i've seen it's an amazing time so I love it for that fact. I love it for being outside barefoot in the grass, you know, under the moon, dancing to bluegrass with a shitload of people. That makes sense to me. But this one is going to get a dies for me because I can't just like throw it on and by myself, you know, it just doesn't resonate with me that way. But with a group of people, oh. shit, we'll start high stepping and, and swinging hands left and right all day. All right. Mm whatever i mean you're wrong it's not whatever. fair it's not fair <laughs> i'm changing my opinion of anthony's song <laughs> christian what'd you think oh man this is this is such a good song Hell take yeah. me back to the woods <laughs> where she left me let me walk through the hills all alone uh, uh, it's just uh it has that um and there are some bluegrass where I think to Anthony's point, yeah, like it, I think it's best experienced that way. But this song is not one of those songs. This song, motherfucking, I'll fucking sit in my car and Humpty Dumpty my ass all the way up to the mountains and blast that motherfucker with the fucking windows down. Hell with yeah. the pup in the back seat, baby. Yeah. Right. A little, right. little, little Montucky cold snack. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Wheat straw. Yeah, yeah. This, this song. This song fucking rides. Uh, shout out Billy Strings, ripping dick, sucking lips. I don't know what you want to call it, but that yeah. dick can play guitar. Hell yeah! I, I actually <laughs> thought about in this an idea I want to float to you guys. I thought about. I told Christian I wanted to get a Billy Strings album on the pod, but I think what would be a better idea is to pick a live show that he did because he has a number oh. on YouTube, and um, the the one that I saw was Bonnaroo twenty twenty two, and the set list for it is fucking nuts. So if you guys are open to it at some point, I'd like to maybe do a live show instead of an album. I don't know. It's just an idea to, to float around because I think it would be cool. Um, yeah, I can consider it. Um, all right. So last last topic of conversation, Anthony, you picked Team America World sure Police did. for us Hell to yeah. watch. So mm -hmm. tell us why you picked this movie. Okay. So this movie is something that I tried to push on probably to a lot of people. Uh, and I don't preface <laughs> a lot about it. You know, I just say this movie is hilarious. You need to watch it. You need to watch it with an open mind too. And I, I really enjoy the responses that I get because then it gives me a chance to double down on why this movie is so epic. So I, I will, I will save my opinions for as we get going. Cause I'm sure we'll have some, uh, some interesting points to throw back and forth, but I did want to say this first, our, either of you opposed to puppet movies because I have a list of some epic puppet movies that, uh, yes, are opposed to it. Christian is opposed to it. It's, All right. It, listen, listen, it's one of those. So <laughs> growing up, my grandmother had this all white room and in oh, that God. white room, she had Weird fucking vibes. all these fucking ceramic dolls, like all these fucking, 
scary ass dolls. And this just gives me that vibe. I made it through without a hitch. Like we're fine. I, I got through it. I, I, I mean, I haven't gotten great sleep since, but wow, because it because it brings me back to that room of white. Like I'm in the goddamn poltergeist or something. But like uh, an episode of True Detective when that when they when they solve the case, everything comes back, back to, to the trauma. white room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. So yeah, don't be sending me puppet movies. I don't even want to see the little trailer poster of those things because <laughs> this was enough. So this did you find it? Did you find it funny? Yeah, they, I mean, it, it's it's very like, um, it's South Park the guys from South Park. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's very South Park. Like, it's that humor, so it has its place. I enjoyed it. I will give it that much. <laughs> that's that's fair. But the puppets freak me out. Like some of the terrorists, like faces, man. I'm beyond. <laughs> like, yeah, right? The eyes, the eyes, fucking... the eyes are too much for me. The eyes are too much. Yeah, for Yeah, that's what it is. It's the eyes. They're almost. It, you know, you realize it's a puppet, but they do a weird thing with this where they, it's like they try and make one thing realistic and it's the eyes. Yeah. And you're like, damn, he's looking at me. <laughs> but like, I, you're like, I know, you're like, I know it's a puppet, but he's looking at yeah, me. Yeah, like, you know, if you were high, like at some point during the movie, you wouldn't find it funny anymore. And you'd be like, no. turn this off now. No, Christian, Christian, <laughs> yeah. literally, would you have walked out of the theater of this movie not knowing anything? Were you out? Seeing it on a giant. If I was screen. by myself, maybe because I'd have been a little scared, like sitting there in the dark. I can remember watching it here on the couch. I was fucking looking behind myself a couple of times. Here's right. the thing: like in terms of puppet shit, like Robot Chicken will forever hold a special place in my heart because that like started my Robot Chicken is when Adult Swim went from from American Dad and Family Guy to Robot Chicken was the, hey, heads up, in 30 minutes, shit's going to get real weird. And we're going to start right. going into some Adult Swim shit that you're not used to. But Robot Chicken was kind of the blend between those. And I find Robot Chicken fucking hilarious. And that type of comedy is not everyone's thing. So it like, this movie was funny in, in certain aspects. It's very South Park humor. Like, the, my favorite part of the movie is when they, they're trying to recruit him. <laughs> to like be part of the agency and they go on this long spiel and he's like, but if you don't like it, there's the door. And he goes, okay, thanks. And just turns around and walks out the door. <laughs> I fucking love that part so much. And like the absurdity of it is very similar to robot chicken, the exploding bodies and like all that shit. And of course, like yeah. Trey Parker and Matt stones, like Asian accent they do for, for oh, Kim Jong Il is like, Oh, oh yeah. I have a plan. Like, it's just so fucking like ridiculous that that there are parts of it that I found funny, but I will say, Anthony, I, I'm sorry. You're going to hate this, oh, but wow. I found myself getting on my phone a lot during the movie. Like I was like, all right, I got to see what's going on on Twitter or something like, you know, no, so. so there's two things wrong with what you just said, right? One phone during a movie. That's I knew one. you yeah. were going to like second, that. The second <laughs> thing is Twitter. I can't believe you still are floating around that that verse uh, yeah. because it's such a waste of time. It's right? got its claws. <laughs> Go, back in Geo you, Wars. Go back to Geo Wars. Go back to Geo Wars. True. All right. True. So here's here's going to – I'll give you my, my spiel on this movie, right? So one, it's very necessary because of the, the social commentary. That's what South Park is. South Park is super, True. super necessary because people are exactly like – the characters that you're seeing and they don't know it so like yeah. to basically shine a mirror or sh to put a mirror right in front of their face and say all right look how ridiculous you fucking seem uh that's yeah. this right so like the the point of this movie they they wanted to make a movie without actors so they use puppets and to do a movie on this scale with puppets is super super impressive that's that's the respect that it deserves from it being a puppet movie in itself like you look at movies like the dark crystal and the labyrinth and um, even gremlins, you know I mean? Like these are actual puppets that have have to be made for the movie. Uh, and then I get to what you're saying so much, <laughs> I, I, I promise you, I do like, I'm not taking away from that. <laughs> yeah. Right. But there's just something funny about saying, that's all right. I'm fucking crying over here mm -hmm. to be like what they just here. Puppets was it, I, i'm not saying you you're wrong it. i'm saying i'm saying it just sounds funny to say hey well the, even it gets better because when you can have puppets vomiting a 
pool of vomit three times the size of your body is fucking hilarious you know when you can straight up shoot a machine gun through a puppet it's hilarious you know the the scene where the bodies are flood the the panama canal floods and the bodies are just floating is fucking hilarious you know so like it it creates a whole new medium that you can't do with people plus trey trey parker and matt stone hate actors and they've done films have y'all seen any of their other movies like basketball orgasmo no um, i don't think so oh my god dude well, all right well then go watch those basketball okay. basketball is better than orgasmo but they're both it's their lane of comedy which is so them and um doing it with actors is funny but the puppets dude no it's way funnier it, like it, this. it's way funnier you know and to have and they it are where, like go ahead well, I was going to say they're not hiding anything like there's there's moments where the puppets are acting like real humans would act. And then there's a moment like a fight scene where the puppets are literally just like, you know, just crazy. No True. nonsense. You know? so no, like, yeah, there's no choreograph like anything. No, it's and that's the humor in it. You know, it's like we're we're going to be silly. We're going to be serious. I mean, there's the my favorite. Honestly, one of my favorite speeches in all of cinema is the dicks pussies and assholes speech right where there's three types of people and that is genius writing and to have it come from a puppet is just it it just adds so much more to it and i think there's just such a there's such a special quality of it that like yeah people are gonna look at it and say oh it's just a fucking puppet movie but they don't get it you know and if you, you we can say Christian, you, you get a pass because you've had some trauma and and I, I respect that. And I don't want to shit on your trauma, your experience, but, but this movie is, it's special and it deserves its light. And so that's why we're shining a light on it. I will say, I mean, Trey Parker, Matt Stone, like South Park forever. One of the greatest sitcoms of all time. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's hilarious. It continues to be hilarious. And they're, they're so like, and the same thing with this movie, they're so over the top social commentary to the point where like the fact that the black character's name is token in South Park, like it's mm-hmm. so it's so over the top. And like when they when they, you know, make whole episodes about shit that people who I think with South Park, people that find it offensive or missing the the joke that they are trying to make, like they're right. very they're very clearly like it's funny that social like opinion of it has shifted. Whereas like in the, in the early two thousands, it was very Republicans hated it and and liberals thought it was funny. And that shifted now to the point where like people who are like liberals or like Twitter libs or whatever, find it really offensive because they're missing the fucking point. Like they're missing the joke that they're trying to tell. They're shitting on the same people that these Twitter libs want to shit on. They're just doing it in a way funnier, more over the top way. And they're fucking missing the forest through the trees, which I think will always like, there's nothing better to me than someone making fun of Republicans and it's somehow pissing off Democrats. That's like the funniest shit in the world to me. Cause I'm like, you're so stupid. You don't even realize they're on your fucking side. You idiot. Like, that's what I love about it. So yeah, you're right. It deserves its credit. So fair enough. Fair enough. There's um, like some line. I don't remember like many of them. I mean, there there's just so much in this fucking movie, but there's the one about like, I don't know if he was said something about like betraying us and I'll rip your balls off and shut them up your ass. <laughs> yes, and, no, and, and then, he, shit. then he says <laughs> later, your balls. Yeah. <laughs> he says, and he says later, the, the best part is the next insult he uses is if you if you uh, double crosses, I will shove a nail through your dick so there's three holes in it and you pee three ways. Like, why? What the fuck? There's just so That's much the thing. of I that mean, that just sent me. There's yeah. one, and it's very it's a very romantic uh, moment where hit, uh, the the actor and the, one of the female uh, Team America woman, she's like. If you promise me you will never die, I will make love to you right now. And he, there's a pause, a very, very comedic pause, and he says, "I will never die." And then, and then the sex scene happens, you know. And the sex scene is is fucking hilarious, but it's also there. It, it's been edited, so there's there's, there's parts of the sex scene. I want to. I'll I'll say what's going to happen, but I encourage everyone go look up Team America Uncut sex scene, and you will see 
there's a moment where uh, he pisses on her <laughs> and she shits on his face. And it's fucking, it's fucking hilarious. And I will like, never die is what kills me. Right? And again, die. it's like they're, they're doing things that like, yeah, you could never... You can't. You just can't get humans to do to do some of this shit. But like again, to take it, take your own, uh, take it in your own hands and, and do it. It's. Uh, I think. Yeah, it, it deserves some some special uh, credentials. One other line I want to say is there's a moment where uh, the actor is 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 acting and uh, the guy's like, "You have balls. I like balls." <laughs> it's just that's it, you know. That's so it. there's oh. there's there's plenty of moments like that. They just get you um anthony what do you got for an album next week i got the movie okay so album uh it's based on a movie that just came out it is gonna be let's see bob oh it does come off backwards i was wondering about that no we're gonna do bob marley's does it look straight to you yeah yeah it does yeah it's backwards to me why don't you tell the folks at home what our album's gonna be bob marley and the whalers exodus exodus fuck yeah yeah. so the bob marley film came out i really loved it fuck what the critics say it's a great movie a great message um but uh yeah i'm excited to do exodus so we'll do that next week and what we got for a movie christian you're gonna be with us next week yes sir beautiful so you guys should already know what's coming dune 2 baby dune 2 go see dune 2 and imax and we will fucking chop it up already already checked already done we'll suck denis villeneuve off a little bit like we like (laughs) we have done in the past and it'll be great so exodus and dune 2 next week um let's go christian great to have you back as always man feels feels like the gang is back together again and it's it's nice to have you here so hopefully next week your camera works because it's a little awkward staring at a gray screen but we'll figure it out Um, until then, guys, hope you enjoyed, and uh, we will see you next week. Peace. Peace. See ya. Bye.